I just got to come back to reality. Come back to the real world and start playing baseball the way I'm supposed to play this game. This is the Giants Hubris Podcast. You know who I am? It doesn't matter who we are. What matters is our brand. Welcome to Giants Hubris, where we give you baseball talk from a better point of view. I'm your host, Craig Kamara. We have a phenomenal show lined up for you tonight, featuring Jim Larson from WhenTheGiantsComeToTown.blogspot.com. Before we get started, as always, joining me on the show, the man who guaranteed the Giants starting staff would have an ERA over five to finish the year, Grant Tolbert. Grant, how you doing tonight? Hey, did, did I say that? Over you said five or... that. It's on tape or pod or whatever it is these days, and it's on the record, Grant. Uh, I say a lot of things, but you know what? I couldn't think of a better better day to have Jim on. The Giants starting pitching staff is in disarray. And if I were going to ask you, in 51 games into the season as of today, how many times do you think the Giants starting pitchers have gone into the eighth inning out of 51 games? Before the season, I would have... No, 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 right now, I'm at, this, is, this is a stat. This year, how many times in 51 games? I would, have they I would say two times. Two times, that's, that's very good. Someone's listening to uh, Mr. T there. <laughs> <laughs> two times, isn't that crazy? Who would have thought? It's insane, especially with how great the pitching's been over the last couple of years. But let's get this show started tonight. We've got a special guest, like I said, Jim Larson. So let's go ahead and get him on the show. Jim runs the website. When the Giants come to town. Blogspot.com. His special interest is in prospects in the farm system, but Jim will also let you know anything you want to know about the Giants' season or their fantasy baseball prospects. So, with that being said, let's welcome Jim Larson to Giants Hubris. Thank you for joining us, Jim. Oh, thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. So first things up, we touched a little bit about Kickham, who's starting tonight, minor leaguer, um, left-handed pitcher that we talked about last week on the show. You were nice enough to leave us a comment on our blog. What do you think about Mike Kickham and his prospects tonight? I, I think Mike Kickham is an interesting prospect, although uh, I don't have real high hopes for what he might do tonight. I think it's he's being thrown in to a tough situation for a uh, prospect that that maybe could have uh, stand a little more seasoning in 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 triple a i was surprised how big this guy is i mean what's his what's his uh, stats again as far as his height and weight and all that um i think he's listed as six foot four and about 205 or 210 pounds <laughs> that's a huge lefty it is and uh, is know, he more of a you know placement kind of guy or is with that size is he more of a power arm from the left side I think he's actually more of a power arm. I uh, understand that he his fastball can run up to 93 or 94 miles an hour. I tuned into the pregame show on on uh, the uh, TV broadcast tonight, and uh, they were quoting uh, Rags as saying that that he's not really a, a control guy. He's he's more of a power guy. Yeah, that's the one question I was going to ask you about him. Is is his. Uh... His no. walk ratio doesn't look that good. Do you right. think that he, I mean he got it looks like he got lit up last year in Fresno. Is do you think he's ready? I mean usually a pitcher their first start can have a good start because you know the other batters haven't never seen him before. They don't have a scouting report, but 
Do you think he's ready for? Is he is he going to be able to go four, five, six starts while Vogelson's out? I don't know. You know, Kickham is a guy who has taken a, a, some time to adjust to each level uh, and then has gotten better as the season went on. And I, I think ideally the Giants would have liked him to uh, consolidate his uh, the success he's had over his last five games uh, through the rest of the season and maybe uh, break him in with the September call-up. But uh, obviously Vogelsong's injury forced their hand. So what do you guys think about the Vogelsong injury? Is that... Some Giants, I, I see, um, reading the Giants fans, they're kind of split on this, right? Some people thought he was having such a bad year, it's good that he, he goes out. But I watched his last start and I thought maybe those were the signs to improvement. So where do you guys stand on Vogelsong? I agree. I, I don't see how breaking your hand, uh, for, uh, especially your pitching hand for a pitcher can possibly be a good thing. Yeah, I mean, when your ERA is 8.02, I mean, some some fans have a valid argument that maybe we should get him out of the starting rotation. Well, I think it. I, I think you could make a case that he he should have sat out for a game or two. I, I think he may have uh, gotten his arm a little tired from pitching in the World Baseball Classic, but uh, for six to eight weeks with a broken hand, I don't I don't think that's the way you want to do it. So my my last question on Kickham is. Do you see him as a potential guy that can come into this rotation long term, or how are the Giants looking at him? Are they looking at him to replace someone down the line, or is he just a spot starter? Oh no, I think Kickham is a serious prospect. I I would rate his ceiling as around probably a number three starter, maybe in the best case scenario a number two starter, but a number three starter that you can get from your farm system is a very valuable piece. And I think he's a I think the Giants see him as a serious prospect, and I I, I that's how I see him too. Now. Uh, I know when we drafted him, uh, Stratton last year was Chris Stratton was kind of looked at as a potential number three starter. Do you think he he could is higher? Is he on your board? Is he higher than Stratton? Is he around the same place? Lower? Long term, I might rate Stratton just a little bit higher, just because of his pedigree, being a first round draft choice and uh, uh, pitching in a bigger uh, uh, program in college. Um, and and possibly having slightly better stuff and command, but uh, Kickham, you know, is right there. I had him rated as the highest of what I called the the second tier pitching prospects this year. Yeah, before I read his build and size, I was picturing Kickham as like maybe a Kirk Reader style pitcher, you know, fourth and fifth in the rotation slot. But when you you know maybe go 500 on the year, but get you a lot of innings and a lot of quality starts. Well, I never got to see Kickham pitch in the minors because he skipped San Jose. Um, he skipped the, the high A level and went straight from Augusta to Richmond. And so I, I didn't get to see him pitch in person. But based on everything that I've read, I think he's more of a, a power pitcher. So. Yeah, I was completely surprised by that. Now, now one guy um, who should be up in, in San Jose pretty soon, uh, who was taken right after Stratton last year, was uh, Martin Agosta. Did you know anything about him? Only, only from what I've read. I haven't seen him pitch. Um, he's a smaller guy, but actually I think might throw a little harder than Stratton. And uh, I think he's more of an effort guy than Stratton and, I, and uh, may have a little more trouble with command. 
but um, he he's a he's also obviously a very serious prospect, and I agree he may he may beat Stratton to San Jose at the rate he's going. Real quick, and then I kind of want to jump into an overall go through kind of a rapid fire with these prospects. But we're looking at Lincecum possibly leaving this offseason. Uh, Vogelson, who knows? I think he has a, a team option that the Giants have to decide to pick up. Zito, uh, maybe he gets bought out. Who knows? Maybe they work something out for an extension. But in our system, do we have anyone right now that if we lose any of these guys, we can look forward to coming up and replacing them next year? I think Kickham is the is the best option. I um, there's some other guys down there that might be about ready, but they're there's they they're not you know they're not the quality of prospects that that Kickham or a Stratton or uh, say a Kyle Crick are, and I and all those guys are in the lower minors. They're going to take at least another year to to develop. I think. Yeah, now you. T- this is the one guy in the system that I love, Kyle Crick. He's. I don't know where he is, and in, in, for you in the rankings in terms of uh, prospects in our system, he's number one with me. He's the only guy that I could see in our system right now, just having star potential. He's. He's what I think twenty now or something like that. I mean, and, and from what I've read, I've only seen you know. Uh, I haven't really ever seen him pitch a whole start, but his stuff looks great. But it seems like he walks about twenty guys per nine inning. Nine innings. Is is he anywhere close within the next two years to to coming up to San Francisco? I would say two years is is optimistic. I I'm not going to say he can't do it, but I I think we're looking at a minimum of two years and more likely at least three um, before we're going to see him uh, pitching in San Francisco. But I agree, his long term ceiling is is probably the highest of any of their uh, pitching prospects. Okay, now now. Uh, I want a quick update on on these guys right here that uh that have been bothering me. It seems like you know a few years ago these were the hot prospects, and okay. then um, and I, I don't know what happened to them. First of all, let's give the people out there. And Hill Villalona is, is he back stateside? Is he playing? He he had the legal issues. Uh, Angel Villalona is playing for San Jose, and I've seen him. What he's playing? He's playing in San Jose. He's hit um, eight or nine home runs so far. Wow. I've seen him play in at least three games so far this season, and um, his—I'm telling you—his bat is his bat has a chance to be special. So is he a legitimate prospect again? Now I think he's a very legitimate prospect. You know, he's still pretty raw, but he's made huge strides since I saw him three years ago when he also was playing for San Jose. So he's it, not trying to kill people anymore, is what you're is, saying, Jim? <laughs> I don't know what happened down there, but um, no, he's. Uh, his plate discipline is is much improved, and he's got a quick, powerful bat. And uh, you know, he's kind of a lumber in the field and on the base paths. But um, I think the bat has a chance to be really special. So, what about um? Uh, and this one is just for me, real quick, because I loved him that year in San Jose when he was there with Buster Posey and that team. Thomas Neal didn't he go to the Pirates? Is he doing well? <laughs> Thomas Neal got traded to the Cleveland Indians. Oh. I'm not sure who he got in return. And the last I knew, he was in the Yankees organization, and, and which, uh, just as a side note, the Yankees seem to um, have developed a real affinity for picking up giant cast-off players, which uh, is is really an interesting turn of events. So. They have. Huh? Okay. Well, another guy that kind of came into the system around that time, 
I, I think his name is Rafael Rodriguez. He was a, a, a you know signing, I think, from Cuba or somewhere. Right. Uh, Rafael uh, Rodriguez. Rafael Rodriguez is hitting two seventy six over his last ten games in Augusta. Well, how old is he now? He's got to be over eighteen, right? He's about twenty two now. And what position are we talking about here, guys? Left field. Left field. Is he a power guy or more average? Uh, nobody knows. He he's a big guy. He's six foot five or so, and uh, but he's a little on the skinny side, and and he's always had this big upside that that if, that if he filled out his frame, he could be a big power guy. But the thing is, he's never filled out his frame, and he's and his powers never come around. But um, like I said, he he's hitting two seventy six over his last ten games, and and he has three home runs so far this year, which I think is at least one more than he's had in any other season. So, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's uh, starting to figure it out, but it's awful late. Okay. Now, yeah, so we can give up on him, right? Because at the time it was their largest. Oh, I'm not ready to give up on him at all, but I, I I agree. You know, he he's not the prospect that he was a few years ago. So. And my last one for this from that from that draft with Madison Bumgarner, uh, Jackson Williams is he is he pretty much given up on? Yeah, he's a purely defensive guy with Fresno right now, and I I don't see him as filling. You know, he might someday fill a, a, a Eli Whiteside type of a role with with some team, but I don't think he's ever going to seriously hit. So how do you take that draft when we had, I think, well, like four picks in the first however many where we took Bumgarner, Alderson, I think Nick Noonan was one of them, Jackson Williams, and, and with the biggest disappointment, Wendell Fairley. What, what, what's he up to? Let me add one more. Wendell Fairley has been released. He's out of the organization. Wow. Is, he the, is he the kid from Georgia that was playing right. center field? Right. Okay, good, because I've always tried or to figure out that guy's name. Yeah, Georgia or Mississippi, somewhere from the south. Culberson was from Georgia, and uh, Fairley was from Mississippi. How did you rate Alderson, Jim? Cause I, Grant, thought, I, I actually liked him better than Bumgarner at the time of the draft. See? Yeah, what do you mean C, Grant? You go, depending on the conversation, you go whichever way it's beneficial exactly to you. exactly right, Craig. <laughs> exactly. exactly right. I saw Alderson pitch for San Jose, and um, – he, I mean, he didn't blow me away, but he was pretty good. He was hitting 92, 93 with a good breaking ball, and he pitched really well. And then he, you know, he just fell off a cliff. I, I have no idea what happened to him. Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Alderson was the kid that only could throw out of the stretch when we drafted him. Correct. Correct. All right, and then he was unloaded to Pittsburgh for the San, in the Sanchez deal. Uh, that's correct. And he's has he ever touched the major league since then? No, he's not come oh. close. Okay, so that trade, I guess it kind of works out. It's not too bad right now. Oh, I think it's a great trade. It won the Giants a World Series. Oh, really? Because Grant, about a couple weeks ago, Jim, to tell you the truth, Grant said that was one of Sabian's worst moves he's ever done in his career as a Giant. Oh, no, that was a great trade. Grant, it, what do you say to fun. that? It, it, let me say this, Jim, real quick. Is I think of prospects as, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't think it matters what they end up being. A prospect is is like a stock, and, and Alderson's stock. I think you could have gotten more than Freddie Sanchez. Furthermore, I think you should have gone on after something more than Freddie Sanchez with a chip like Alderson. I think you could have gotten more for him. And so how does Alderson compare to Zach Wheeler? Because they've both been traded away from the Giants, and they both had big, huge upside. 
wait a minute. You have to remember that Alderson was already starting to not look so great with the Giants, and other teams have their scouts, okay? You're not trading with other teams in a vacuum, and Alderson had already started to slip by the time they traded him. So you're that's saying that's good value then, Jim, at that point? I think point. they got – well, I, he was a disappointment as a prospect. I mean, as a draft choice, yeah, you, you would hope that a first-round draft choice would turn out better than that. But I think that um, under the circumstances that he came to, um, I, I think the Giants got great value for, for what he was at the time of the trade. I have to agree with you. An all-star second baseman who hits over 315 most of the time. Grant, your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, well, he, he was an all-star because it, it's the rules that every team has to have an all-star player. And at first, you had, it's comp, that trade's compounded by maybe the trade was harmless, but then for, for Sabian to sign him to the extension after that. Oh, so uh, you're backing off it being a bad trade. Now you're going I on to the extension. Trade. I said it was a bad trade at the time. I think could I forget who was available at that time, but I would have liked to have seen him go after someone else. Now wasn't the, wasn't the trade made in 2009, and then they signed him? Uh, they he had a he had a, a a team option for 2010, and uh, otherwise he would have been a free agent. And then the Giants used that as leverage to sign him to a two year extension. Yeah, that's right. And that and, won and, the World Series for them. Well, that's right. <laughs> that you want to be the man that goes against the World Series, Grant? Well, I will say that the that that signing Barry Zito won us two rings because if we hadn't assigned him, we wouldn't have had that uh, as bad of a record in the draft and got Buster Posey. That's called a pivot, right there, Jim. Don't listen to him. <laughs> uh, but one um. So moving well, on, I want Barry to is a whole another topic. Maybe we should schedule a whole uh, <laughs> uh, 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 podcast just yeah. Yeah. They, It's kind of the same situation as Sanchez. Um, the giant. There's talk about the Giants, you know, kind of sprinkling his uh, last year of the contract, Zito's last year of the contract, into two years, and maybe adding another two or three million on it over two years. So we might uh, kick him. Might be uh, held back again with Zito in this way for the next two years. But I want to move on. Uh, guys <laughs> guys, coming up, uh, Gary Brown, um, where are we at on him? Because his first year in San Jose, it was like, wow. Right. I don't know what to make of Gary Brown. I, You know, he seems to me to have really regressed as a prospect. And I, I, I'm a little mystified as to why. And uh, I think the even more concerning than his hitting is that here's a guy who stole 53 bases for San Jose, and now he rarely steals bases, and when he tries, he gets he thrown out more than 50% of the time. So uh, whatever happened to the notion of speed doesn't slump? And uh, so I, I don't know how you can go from stealing 53 bases, even at, even at A-level ball, to getting thrown out most of the time in, in AAA. And um, so something's wrong with Gary Brown, and I, I don't know what it is. So. <laughs> Drugs would be my first idea, Jim. One guy I want to ask you about, and I think he's back healthy pitching in uh, Fresno, uh, Heath Hembree, I, I love this guy. I think he could contribute right away for the Giants. Um, yeah. How's he doing? I saw him pitch on TV in spring training, and I was very impressed. I also saw him a couple of years ago for San Jose, and um, and he was uh, just overpowering uh, down there. And then, uh, you know, he had he he was out last year for a while with an injury, so I didn't know whether he still had had the velocity. But 
Um, I, I saw him pitch an inning in spring training, and I was very impressed. He was throwing hard. He could throw his fastball by people. Um, I, I agree. I, I think that if worse came to worse, he could contribute to the Giants right now. Hey, Jim, how would you rate uh, – I'm sorry, Grant. Little, I'm going to go off-topic baseball here. How would you rate Scottsdale, Arizona for spring training? I go down – try to go down every year, and it's always one of the best times I have had you know, throughout the year. Um, describe your experiences when you go down to spring training. Oh yeah, Scott's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I, I don't, I've, I've only gone for, a, I make lightning trips. I drive over on Saturday and then I go to a game on Sunday and then drive home after the game on Sunday. So it's not like I really hang oh. around for a lot, but, um, uh, but yeah, I love Scottsdale. It's a beautiful stadium. The one thing I, the one thing I wish is they had a little better parking there. It's if you, if you're driving a car and going to a game at Scottsdale, parking is a little dicey. So. All right. Sorry to change the subject, Grant. Back to the prospects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this, here's a guy that if you look at him, you think he's a power lefty. Uh, you see him throw, he's sitting, I don't know, medium to high 80s, but I always thought he was going to be a replacement for Zito. He had the Tommy John. Sir Camp, is he still looked at in the organization as a, as a possible starter, Eric Sir Camp? I, I don't know how the organization sees him. I, again, I, I saw him pitch in Scottsdale um, last year before he got before he got injured and had the Tommy John surgery, and, and I was very impressed. I, I thought, um, you know, he, he's... He's not exactly a power pitcher, but he's not exactly a soft tosser either. And um, he he throws uh, about 90 to maybe a max of 92, and and then he's got that breaking ball. And I I think if he can command those pitches, he can do very well. And he seems to have developed his changeup quite well too. So I really thought Surkamp was going to help the team last year, but then of course he um, uh, missed the most of the season with Tommy John surgery. So now he's not he's not back pitching yet, is he? Is he still recovering? I think his I think his uh, ETA is around the first of July. Okay, now last one for me. He's he's in San Jose, so you I'm sure you have a good uh, feeling on him. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of people have him as our number one prospect right now. Clayton Blackburn, I'm just not sold on him. What, what do you think? Um, I saw him pitch last week in Rancho Cucamonga, and I was um, a little bit apprehensive about what I was going to find in terms of his velocity. Now, he, he got knocked around a little bit, but he consistently hit 93 with his fastball, on, and I was – I have to say I was judging by the stadium radar gun, so I don't know how accurate that was, but it seemed to be reasonably accurate. So he was consistently hitting 93 miles an hour, which I was pleasantly surprised by based on some of the things I'd read. He has a couple of slow off-speed pitches that go 76 and 81. I did not see anything in the mid-80s, and so I'm just wondering if maybe he might uh, do well to develop a – uh, a hard slider or a cutter that maybe would uh, give him something in between the slow stuff and the and the fastball. Now, when I see Clayton Blackburn, tell me if I'm wrong here. I think Rick Rochelle, Big Daddy. Uh, Big. I, I think that's very possible. He's a he's a two seamer sinker, um, a guy with enough of a with enough secondary pitches that he can get some strikeouts. So here's the thousand dollar question: Does he have enough bat? To be a pinch hitter like Big Daddy was. 
<laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> All right, no problem. One last one, uh, and then I'm done. But I want to ask That's you. That's your seventh stuff. last one, Grant. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, I, I love I love talking about this. Gustavo Cabrera. You know anything about him? Uh, only only from what I've seen in scouting reports, and I've seen a couple videos. Now they but, at one time he was he was a number one international prospect coming out. I'll tell you the one thing from the videos that stands out is he has massive shoulders. I don't think I've ever seen a young. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a young player uh, like that or an athletic type outfielder type player with more massive shoulders than that guy. I would say my who he reminds me a little bit of is 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 Justin Upton. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm just going by his build. I I don't know if he's going to be Justin Upton or not, but in terms of what he looks like physically, that's the closest thing I can come to. Does he have a brother that we have to sign to a contract before we actually sign him to a contract? I'm just kidding. That's a bad BJ Upton, Justin Upton joke. I'll tell you what, though. Looking at this, talk about making you feel old. 1996 is his date of birth, Craig. Wow. I think I I was – well, so Jim, I have one last prospect to talk about. Actually, not a prospect, just a former Giant that we need an update on. And then we're going to wrap up this show. We're going to talk about the Giants last week. So Dan Runzler, what happened to this guy, right? He's lefty out of the pen the last couple of years. He seems to disappeared. Where is he now? Uh, he's pitching for Fresno right now. And uh, doing, you know, it's once again, he's he runs hot and cold. He has great looking games and then... The next game, he'll walk four batters, and uh, uh, I, you know, I, I, he just has never gotten consistent enough to be able to trust him at the major league level. And I, so far, I haven't seen anything at Fresno that would change my mind about that. Ah, man, that's too you know bad. What he is? Do you remember Eric Threets? Who? Eric Threets. Threets. Yes, yes. He's kind of like him, isn't he? Uh, well, Eric Threets was even more wild, but. Yeah, what do you mean by that, Grant? Kind of like him. Uh, it's, it's he just, just throws incredibly hard, but he just can't. He has no idea where it's going. Okay. Little nuke lelouch. And well, so, sorry, Craig, but I had to. Th- but last one for me. Um, who has a better farm system, Dodgers or Giants, right now? And remember, I, this is Giants. I, this giants. Is giants. I would rate the Giants you. as higher. <laughs> Good answer, Jim. Good answer. We need to talk about this weekend because walk off inside the park home run and extra innings on Saturday against the Rockies. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Well, that was the most amazing thing I've seen as, uh, and I've never seen something like that. And, and I've watched a lot of baseball in my life, but that was, um, that was one of the most amazing endings to a game I've seen in my lifetime. Jim, you're telling me you didn't see Ray Sanchez do it in 2004 against these same Colorado Rockies? I did not. <laughs> Neither did I. I'm just joking. Now, Crook and Kipe were talking about about Rob Dernier of the Phillies doing it against the Giants but uh, a long time ago. Like Old in the Rob. Guy had some wheels. Or sometime, but, uh, of course, I didn't see that one either. Well, I'll tell you, the last time a Giants player hit a walk-off inside the park home run, uh, 1931, uh, Bill Thomas or somebody, the Excellent. last player. The best, the last player in the National League to hit 400, which he did the year before. Bill Terry. Maybe that was it, yeah. Bill Terry. Bill Terry, that's it, yeah. Yeah, he hit four, he hit over 400. I I think he's the last National League player to hit over 400, right? 
And then you guys saw Bochy get ejected this weekend. Did you see how far the guy missed the tag on Scudero? I mean, validation, right? He should have got ejected for that. Oh, absolutely. That was piss poor umpiring. Like I read, I was reading on your site. You know, when the Giants come to town, some of your commenters had mentioned that it's getting to the point now where these umpiring is so bad that they were calling for instant replay or or, um, computer generated balls and strike calls. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think we're getting very close to the point where uh, at least some of the umpires' current tasks. Uh, can be done better by cameras and computers and technology. And, um, you know, uh, life changes. Technology has changed lives for in many industries. It's eliminated jobs in many industries. It's changed job requirements in many industries. There's no reason why it can't happen in baseball. And I think we're getting very close to a point where technology can do some of the things that umpires do better than the umpires do. That's a great point. You know, Craig, Craig's on the other side. He loves the human element. And I just say to Craig or anyone on Craig's side, if you're going in to have heart surgery and the doctor wants to use cameras <laughs> and, and this and that, and are you going to tell the doctor, oh, no, no, it's the human element. I want the human element. Get those out of there. You want the best tools available at your disposal. That's a, that. Well, when you put it like that, Grant, it's it's crystal clear at that point. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I wouldn't say, you know, if a pilot walks onto a plane, I wouldn't say, you know, oh, I hope you bring the human element into this plane flight. I'd rather have an automated system where I know I'm going to land safely. So next up, one more thing I, uh, you know, read on your site, and it was a good back and forth. God bless America, Jim. I think uh, you're preaching to the choir here with Grant and I. It, it's about time for this to go, right? Every sure. single seventh inning, every single game. Oh, my God. You know, if, I, I know there are people out there that like that song, and, and, and maybe they can keep it for – I would like to see maybe them try – if they feel like they have to have a patriotic song in the seventh inning, and I'm not against that – but maybe they could rotate it with some other patriotic songs. It's not the only one that's out there. Uh, what about America the Beautiful? What about This Land is Your Land? Uh, America Fuck Yeah from South Park. Or Lil' Kim's Magic Stick. No, I totally agree. I'm 100% behind you on this. I, when did this start happening? Was it really after 9-11? I mean, it was, I was after 9-11, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and mean, it's just by this point, it's six years or, you know, not six years, but I mean – it's been a long time since they've made this. Yeah, 12 years since since this has happened. And every single game, every single seventh inning, it's just tiresome. I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful to anyone, but it's just it's not a place in baseball. It doesn't need to be in baseball. There's, Like you said, there's other songs that can be sang. There can be a rotation, something to mix this up a little bit because it's just it's tiresome at this point. I'm not sure there's any – I'm not sure how patriotic it is to run a song into the ground to the point where people hate it. Yeah, not only – how is it – I mean, I don't – if you want to be religious, that's fine, but I'm not religious. So I, I'm an atheist, so I don't understand why you have, I have to sit there and listen to this song. It means nothing to me. It's about America, Grant, and you live in America. Okay, so last thing, and we're going to wrap up the show after this topic. Just want to bring it out there, throw it out there, see what you guys think. Crawford's still hitting 290. Any chance he keeps this up, gentlemen? I, I, I think uh, 
I guess if I had to guess what his uh, final batting average will be at the end of the season, I would say uh, between 270 and 280. But, yeah, I think I think Crawford can keep it up. Yeah, I'm saying 272 or 277. One last thing. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to bring this up, Jim. But uh, are you following this upcoming draft at all? I am. I, I posted a few things on it, um, and, uh, uh, yeah, I am following. Ooh, good topic. Let's get into that real quick. Now, now uh, two guys I want. First of all, a little local guy, Fresno State, Aaron Judge. We need a power prospect. And, and I'd also the kid that I love the most, he's looking like a second, third rounder now, Jacoby Jones out of LSU. Uh, they both tore it up in the Cape Cod League, um, which I love because the kids are using real bats. Uh, any guys you want the Giants to take? I I have to tell you, Aaron, I'm, Aaron Judge makes me nervous because he's so tall, and and uh, you know tall guys have trouble controlling the strike zone. And uh, hmm. as far as Jacoby Jones, he's one of he's a great athlete, but he's never really hit in the in college except at the Cape Cod League. So yeah, maybe maybe as a second or third rounder on, and taking a chance on Jacoby Jones, that I, I could go along with that. Aaron Judge, I, I scares me. I'm looking at uh, a couple of people. Um, uh, Hunter Harvey, a high school pitcher, I think would be a great choice if he's there. I think they're going to go high school right-handed pitcher is what I think they're going to do. Well, that's like, it seems like they do that every year. It's a choice of two or three that, that, that might get it done. So. Finally, uh, uh, would you be against me if, if I was uh, Sabian and I called up the Marlins and I said, we want Giancarlo Stanton. You can have any five prospects you want from us. No, I wouldn't. No, no, I would do that deal. I don't <laughs> think the Marlins would accept it. <laughs> Okay, so at least it's not complete nonsense. No, I would do that trade, sure. All right, so let's all cross our fingers and hope Gene Carlos Stanton is on his way to San Francisco. It ain't going to happen. It's no, not going to happen. <laughs> all right, well, that wraps up our Giants Huber show for tonight. Jim, I'd like to thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Grant, you got anything left for the show? Uh, nothing left, Craig. All right. Remember, folks, you can tweet at us at Sporting Hubris. Give us any of your questions, topics, or thoughts on the show. Be sure to check out Jim's website, whenthegiantscometotown.blogspot.com. Gives you great information on the minor leagues and any Giants prospects coming up through the system. Check out all of our podcasts on our website, GiantsHubris.com, or on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you for joining us, and get the hell out of my office. Listen, I got your phobic off of this like arachnids. Drastic, it ain't plastic, it's pro-blackness. Grown man tactics, no pediatrics. The kind of track that make the comeback miraculous. The catalyst, thought with the knack for splashing. I'm dashing, I'm mastered, the crap, the mashing. The level-headed, thoroughbred, the female's passion. Magnetic attraction, be keeping them active.